getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons Live. Uh, I am Fergus and I'm joined by the boys today. Uh, we have a slightly different uh, lineup than we normally have. Uh, on this one, we have got old man Trev. How are you, Trev? Good evening, Fergus. Good evening, everyone. I'm fine, thank you, mate. Absolutely fine, yeah. Good. Looking like forward to this. I do like that 1971 top. It's, it's the year the world started, isn't it? Strange enough, so do I, Fergus. I love this top too. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have Potsy. Potsy, how are you keeping? What's happening, Fergus? You good, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. You can see my new top in a few minutes. I'll, I'll show you that. Oh, God. Yeah. And finally, added to our quart, uh, quartet is Lee Judges for the first time on Gun, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. You did our goon, Gooner to Gooner before, Lee, on um, on the audio, but this is our first one on video. Video. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for inviting us. I'm looking forward to it, like you know. So uh, yeah, first time on. So looking forward to it. Yeah, it's. I, I'm not like Robbie though. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so listen what we're going to do is we're going to look over the two games uh we're going to try and cover them almost simultaneously so simultaneously so we'll go back and forth over the two of them it's the standard liege game in the europa league and the bournemouth game in uh in the premier league which we end up being third in the league can you believe it just have a quick look at this uh, let's bring this up on the screen for you there we go liverpool are top arsenal are third you gotta go a long way down to find the scrubbers, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Not far enough down, am I like it? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Arsenal, uh, there was lots of academy players uh, out again, uh, like in the League Cup against Forest. We made ten changes in total uh, in the, from the side that drew against Manchester United in the Premier League the previous Monday. Arsenal starting lineup had an average. Average age of 22 years, 350 days. The second youngest European squad that we've had uh, after Olympiacos in 2009, where they were 21 years and uh, 215 days old. We talked at half-time, uh, if you remember, on Thursday night, uh, Potsy. We talked at half-time about the prospect of this squad. And it's the best squad that we've seen probably in 10 years yeah, easily, easily. I'd say that I would. I think they've all come through at the right time, haven't they? You know, they all come through at the same time. We normally get Fabregas or Wilshere that comes through. We normally get one. We've got probably six or seven now. Um, I do keep saying though, I'd like to see some defenders coming through and the defensive midfield come through at some point because they all seem to be quite similar positions, don't they? Either attacking midfielders or wingers, but they're very exciting to watch. I mean, you, you, I mean, the list goes on, doesn't it? It's six or seven that I really do like at the moment. So, um, and I include Gendouzi in that as well because he's only 20 years old, you know, and some of them are playing in the first team now. So, yeah, it's exciting to watch. And I think there's two kind of, uh, two kind of teams at the moment, isn't there? You know, there's this cup team and there's the Premier League team and the cup team seem exciting to watch to me. So, um, yeah, I've been looking forward to going up there midweek, which I don't normally do. So that's great. Yeah, I was up there with my grandson, uh, and he's he's, he's becoming a regular, isn't he? Joseph. he? He's got the bug big time as Joseph, and he loves meeting <laughs> up with all the boys in the pub and you know shaking hands with all the old men and everything else. It's really really good. Lee, um, who out of that crop of youngsters do you see as you know the the best prospect, or who do you like? Oh, I'm a big fan of Willock. If I'll be honest, a real big fan of him. I just like his energy levels. I just like the way he's going about his business. I think he's been superb for us this season so far. I think he's got a big, big future. Um, it's brilliant. Like, you know, I remember going to Blackpool um, 
in, in, in I think it was just after Christmas in the FA Cup and he scored a couple of goals here and people were saying he's never going to be an Arsenal player. And I, I think it's fantastic that he's proven everybody wrong. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of his, yeah. So that's that's my main my main man, I think, really. And, and, and what type of player from old does he remind you of? Do you know what? It's a tough one, that is. I was thinking about that the other day. Similar... Michael Thomas, somebody like that, I think would would be someone that I think we were talking about this yesterday, Dan. Um, I, I I think more of a Michael Thomas, you know, gets on the end of chances and all that, and uh, I would say somebody like that. But I, I think he's a bit unique because I've, uh, he's got a, such a fantastic engine as well, up and down, mm. up and down. I'm a big fan of his, so. Um, but I think there's going to be more than just him coming for, if I'll be honest. But he's the one I like the most. Trev. Um... Off, off that crop on Thursday, who did you like the most, and and what did you make of, say, as Lee said with um, with Willock? Well, do you know, Fergus, I, I like them all, but I've got a lot of time for Maitland Niles. I've got a lot of time for that lad because he's played out of position for so long now, in my view, you know, and he's the efforts he puts in to play at the inner defence where he's probably not comfortable. Got a lot of time for the lad, and it was lovely to see him get a chance further up the field this week as well. Um, Sack has come from nowhere, isn't he? You know, 17, making us all excited again. But uh, what what Potsy said about the squad's very true, isn't it? You look now and you, and you look at the, 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 the subs bench and you look at what we've got coming through. And we, we've got a great squad. We've got a great developing squad. I'm very excited. Very excited, Fergus. And looking at the lineup on Thursday, uh, defensively we had Tierney, Holding, Bellering, uh, all starting. Uh, thoughts on that? Did is that the future of um, um, our Arsenal back four? If you add in who, who's the fourth one, do you put in there? Do you put in Louise? Do you put in Chambers? Who would you put in, Potsy? Uh, we had this discussion last night, didn't we, Lee? And I said, who do you think is going to drop out? And I think we come to an agreement that Socrates will probably be the one that moves out. I think that David Luiz, for me, has, uh, uh, has had a better start to the season. The problem with David Luiz, he's got an error in him. But um, saying that, I think Socrates has probably had a, a bit, uh, probably a worse start to the season. He seems to be getting worse and worse for me, Socrates. Um, you're definitely right, Bellerin and Tierney, 100% should be starting. Uh, and Holding has to play for me has to play. I think when it comes to the last couple of games I've seen him, he has been the commanding one there. I thought on Thursday night he was sensational again. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be Socrates that drops out. But uh, this is this is our opinions. I don't think our opinions match up with Unai Emery's. And I just have this nasty feeling that he's going to keep Socrates and Luis together. So I hope I'm wrong, mate. I really do. Okay. Um, Tierney himself, I thought he was outstanding uh, and some of the crosses that he put in um i thought he reminded me uh, like he's probably the best left back we've seen since cashley cole trev <laughs> well he got a great start it, it was exciting when you saw the team announced wasn't it and they're all back in the in the midweek side and you're thinking yeah we've been waiting for this for ages and ages now and they're all in and then what does he do? When was his first goal? I can't remember. It was early in the game. He puts a cross like that in for the young lad to nod in. And he's off to a flyer, isn't he? It's, it's just, you're on a high from the start. And uh, yeah, we just didn't mention Chambers, though, when we mentioned the defenders, did we? I think Chambers, is, he's not let us down at all, the boy, is he? You know, he's looking strong, looking good. Um, f- f- from Timmy, my perspective. 
Go on, sorry, Fergus. No, I, I was going to say uh, slightly controversial, um, but he played on uh, against Bournemouth, and I think he's probably better at. I think he should be better as a, a, a central midfielder, a defensive midfielder. But at right back, I actually think he's probably better than Bellerin because defensively he's better than Bellerin. He can put a cross in, which Bellerin can't do. Uh, Bellerin is fast and he frightens defenders and makes defenders back off. But I, 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 I actually prefer many other players than Bellerin in that role. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, a bit like Dan just said, I don't think I have the same view as Emery's going to have because I wouldn't have Xhaka in my team. You know, I won't talk bad about Xhaka. You know me, I don't talk bad about any players. But Xhaka wouldn't get in my Arsenal side at the current time. I'd either push Luis up the field or push Chambers up the field into that defensive midfield role. So, you know, uh, and 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 I, I think it's been proven to a certain extent that the speed with which we move the ball up the field without Xhaka in the side is, is astonishing. You know, um, yeah, so that's that's me. I, I, I'd i like to see Louise or Chambers up the field a bit and, and whoever don't go up the field playing centre-half alongside Holding maybe for me. And and Lee, uh, where are you on Shaka? Because we haven't heard your opinion on <laughs> on Shaka oh, just yet. He's 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 very like I like him, love him. No, <laughs> uh, no, nah, nah, I'm 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 I agree. I, I I don't think his his form at the minute is meriting the place <laughs> in the team. But in saying that, in his defence, I don't think we're playing him in the right position. I don't, you know, he's not holding midfield player as far as I'm concerned. And in this yeah. formation that we're playing, I think he's better if there's somebody alongside of him, like when we played against Spurs in the second half, you know, I thought we played really well there. But for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really that convinced with Torreira at the minute neither. So I, I think there is a, a spot for either Chambers or Louise to go in there. And um, for me, I just, uh, you know, with Trevor, I don't think Chambers has done anything wrong. And I, I'd like to see him partner holding at the back because I just feel that they're young and they they've, they can improve where I feel the other two in Louise and um, Socrates just uh, they've they've got to their their wherever they are their level they're not going to improve mm. anymore the only way f- for them is is to deteriorate so I feel that going with Chambers and and holding um would be a would be good for us you know but it would be a, be- a better uh, pairing better pairing but in saying that you know I thought David Louise played really well on um on Sunday, so you know, um, and he does ping a good ball. Uh, you, you know, we're, we're Emery has some some strange decisions, but at the moment they're working, so you can't complain. But uh, I'd like, you know, everybody keeps saying, you know, oh, Bellerin to come back and play there and play there. But for me, you know, Chambers has been, you know, he's got the shirt at the moment, and it's it's up for someone to take it off him. And I don't think it's just fair that someone just takes it off because it's. You know, he's done the business two years ago or whatever, like, you know. So, agreed, at the agreed, moment, agreed. Chambers is in control. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, Russ Morgan uh, says hello to you, Lee, by the way. He says, uh, Lee judges is everywhere. <laughs> Every time <laughs> I turn on my laptop, um, Lee judges is there. And he oh, even, right. sticks little, right, pi- <laughs> even sticks a little even sticks a little half pint glass. In, I don't in know where he's got that well. from. I don't know where he's got that from. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking at the game, uh, Maitland-Niles p- p- played in his preferred role on the right wing. Do you think he was better um, against Liège? Uh, Trev, you talked about uh, Maitland-Niles and said you, you thought he was better. Do you think he was better in the right wing then? Further up the yeah. pitch? 
Well, I don't think he had an outstanding game, to be honest. But yeah, that, that, that's where he's. That's where I, I, I believe he, he, he prefers to play. That's been his position, you know, before he was stuck in the defence. So, but you can't just move him there and judge him on one game, Fergus. You know, it's a different thing. It's a it's a different position, different different uh, priorities to play in there. So you've got to give him um, a, a bit of time there. But funnily enough. I don't know that he gets in there every week, does he? Because it's, we're so strong in that area now. With, with you know, obviously Pepe and uh, even Caballos out there. So I don't know. I don't know. Let's hope he gets a bit of a bit of a run there. But uh, there's a lot of people vying for that position at the moment. At the well, R- R- Ross has just said in the chat that Chambers has been immense. Uh, Maitland Niles better buck up his ideas because he's got to struggle to get into that midfield. Uh, area, I would have thought. With so many, we've got so many midfielders. It's going to be just so difficult for him to to get a place. Mustafi started in our centre back, and it's uh, three sheet, three easy for me to say, um, three clean sheets uh, in in a row. Uh, well, uh, who, who's a Mustafi lover here? Who wants Dan? Do you want to do you want to have a chat about Mustafi? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, Mike. Mustafi lover. Scotty Mike has been on the chat and uh, he's gone, where's his invite? I'm sure it went on the group chat. Sorry, Mike. But uh, I'm glad he's not here because we're mentioning Mustafi and his catchphrase. would. We know that will be, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Mustafi Mustafi was obviously uh, up for... There we go. He's just commented on it now on the live live chat, Mike Addison. (laughs) Well done, Scotty. We're not going to repeat that. (laughs) No, I'm not going to repeat it. Listen, Mustafi is Mustafi, and he, you know, he hasn't really put a foot wrong. I don't think. I think Thursday night had a couple of dodgy passes, didn't he? Up past Fergus, we were a bit, uh, a little bit nervous when his passing was. Uh, he had three. I think he had three Arsenal players, and the one early age player he managed to pass it to him. But uh, there we go. That's Mustafi <laughs> for you. I'm not going to give him too much abuse, to be honest with you. We, we haven't conceded, and that's what everyone's talking about. He's obviously going to play in the cup games and be seen as a cup uh, player until he either leaves in January or the summer. And that's my opinion on Mustafi. That's all I've got to say about it, really. I, I, I think, I think, yeah, he's probably in the shop window for January more than anything else. Um, Tierney put in the first uh, uh, whipping cross from the left, teeing up Nelson. Um, uh, no, Tierney put in for the Martinelli's first and then he teed up for Nelson for the second. Um, and Nelson then recorded an assist for Martinelli's second goal. Martinelli is just, you know, he, he's a revelation. Sensational, isn't he? Isn't he? Looks amazing, I, doesn't he? I think he's, he's what, he was the first one in cut to my mind when you'd ask the boys about who looked like the real deal. And this guy, to me, looks sensational. You know, I know Willock's been doing it a lot longer than him in the last few games and he's starting to get more in the first team. But for me, Martinelli's the one that just looks out of this world. I mean, he looks like he can do a bit of everything. He's got a lot of agility about him. I think he can turn players. Looks like he can use both feet. He's playing more as a striker or a false nine at the moment, but he can also play on the left wing. Uh, managed to get an assist for Danny Sabas' first goal. He did. He's had a great, great start for a few games. I think he's played four, scored three and set up one, hasn't he? That's an unbelievable first few games. So, yeah, the future's bright for this lad without that. Well, when we yeah. brought on Aubameyang, which was a was a really unusual yeah, thing, Um we were saying at half time uh, that Martin will probably. Uh, you're right there. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll probably replace um, uh, Abamyang or Lacazette in time to come because he, he's, he's for the future. Okay, he's, he's, he's uh, making great strides now. But uh, we, I think it was Dave was in our company and he came along and said, um, "Oh no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't see him out in the wing." And then 
Aubameyang comes in right up the centre and Martinelli goes on the wing and as you said, he, he gives the assist uh, to Ceballos. He, well, it looks like he can play across all three, doesn't it, in a front three. You know? And what has mm. impressed me with Martinelli as well is that the three goals that uh, I've seen him score, uh, one in pre-season and, and one against Forest, one against Liège, have all been with his head. So, you know, that to me look, looks like he's got something in his locker that we need because I can't remember the last time since Giroud that anyone scored with their head that weren't from a corner. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, it, it, he looks like a top-draw player. He really does. Well, mm. Do you know what? This Martinelli bloke, I reckon he's given Emery a bit of an headache that he didn't expect to be having, you know, because he's come from nowhere and he's dazzled us, hasn't he, Martinelli? And uh, I, 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 when he brought Aubameyang on the other night, uh, I thought to myself, he's brought Aubameyang in here because he wants to give him half an hour or 20 minutes playing with Martinez, lining him up for a bit of a game at the weekend. And that's how it panned out. Cause, uh, not Martinez, excuse me, Martinelli. Martinelli, I've done the yeah. same, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was just he wanted to see Aubameyang and Martinelli on the pitch together because he knew that possibly on Sunday they were going to play a bit together and as it happens they did didn't they you know they had a yes. bit of time so. yes it did yeah it did um, but what hey that second goal Martinelli scored the way he got the ball out from his feet you know and 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 found the time to get the shot in brilliant brilliant I'm excited I'm excited yeah. Uh, Somebody who didn't feature in the squad, and Lee, I'll come to you on this one, um, was no place in the squad for the German midfielder, Mesut Ozil. Oh, thanks for that, <laughs> 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 I've been getting enough counters from it. I, I've, had, I've had people messaging me, slagging me off about, you rate Sabayas more than Mesut Ozil and all that. And yes. it, it's not the case, you know what I mean? I'm just saying how it is, you know what I mean, at this moment in time. For whatever reason, I'll state it now what I said before, for whatever reason Mesut Ozil's being left out of the side, that's fair enough. But if you're going to do it to Mesut Ozil for not performing, there's other players he's got to do it to as well. So he's making his rod for his own back, Emery, by not doing that. You know, and but, but uh, you know, Mustafi's not been in none of the squads and um, no one goes about, goes on about him so much. You know, it's, it's just all about Mesut Ozil. The, the fact of the matter is, and, and and I really do believe this. I really wanted Mesut Ozil to turn it on against Forrest, really, you know, send a message. But what happens is he he he'd done his little bit after the Watford game. He'd he, he done okay against Watford, but he really needed to nail, nail it down against Forrest, you know, championship side. He, he didn't. He come off at 1-0. Within 10 minutes, we're 4-0. We've, we've scored another four goals. What does that tell you? Mm. And, it, you know, and, and for me... I, as I said to, to to people that have been messaging me about it, I'm not. I'm, I support Arsenal Football Club. I don't support Mesut Ozil. You know, exactly. I mean, what, what's the most important thing for me is Arsenal winning games of football, with or without Mesut Ozil. I'm, I'm, I, that's how I feel. And at this moment in time, he's not he's not performing, or uh, according to the manager, he's not performing. So the manager's got, and it's the manager's right to leave him out. But I will say that if uh, other players, uh, you know, have not been performing all season, you know, Socrates is one of them, he's not performed all season, you know, uh, he's, he's been a liability, you know, he could have given away a penalty again at Man United, I've not even seen that, but when I was coming home, everybody's going, oh, it's a definite penalty, you know, but he still carries on playing him. So I can see why people get the ump when when Emery's not left out, when he's, and, and when he's leaving him out. 
And and why do you think he was named as one of the? I didn't think it was five captains this year. I've been corrected several several times. I thought there was Shaka as captain and uh, Bamiyang was vice captain. But apparently, there's still a panel of of captains. Why do you think he named Ozil as a captain? Well, he didn't, did he? It's the players. So you know, he hasn't got a choice. You know, um, that that makes it more of a difficult position for him. Obviously, there's there's certain players in the in the camp that do like Ozil and, you know, and I imagine that he's a nice guy. I, I don't know, you know, um, but these same captains, uh, these same ones that picked him as a captain, picked Shaka as a captain and saying mm. that he's great and everything there. He might be great in training, but he ain't certainly been great on the pitch, is he? But, you know, what, this is the thing. We've, you know, when you used to do like players play, it was always one of the most popular players that won it, never necessarily the, the, the best player. You know, and I think that it's a popularity contest more than a captain contest, you know, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, thanks for giving me the Mesut Ozil one. Anyway, I appreciate that. Like, but, um, Welcome. Um, he's, um, Welcome. He's got, he's got some work to do, hasn't he? And simple as that. And if he does it, it's the best for Arsenal, you know. As we said about Maitland-Niles, I... Maitland-Niles has got competition. But what that would do is make, hopefully, the players that are push the players, you know, to say, well, if I don't play well, Maitland's going to come in. And that's what you want. You want competition all around. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, right. No, you're no, right, I... Lee. Lee, you're right, mate. Maybe maybe that's been a problem. Maybe it's been too cushy for him over the last few years. You know? Yeah. I mean, already can, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't mind talking about Ozil. And I'm like you, for the last two or three seasons, I've, every time I've seen him run on the pitch, I've been thinking to myself, come on, Ozil, do it yeah, today exactly. for us. You can do it. Do it for us today. And he's let us down. And the fact of the matter is, from my view, right, he's not in the side at the moment because he's not playing well enough. Simple as that, right? Nothing more, nothing less. He's not playing well enough. And if he improves, he'll be back in, won't he? But he's, he's not doing it, you know? I just don't think he's an Arsenal-type player. I don't think he suits the setup of what Emery do, is Do you know the difference and, I, and why I've gone a little bit on, why I go on about Tobias a little bit better than, than Mesut Ozil? Because even when the game's going tough... Sobias wants to get the ball. He wants to he wants to contribute. He wants to come and get the ball. But what I see of Mesut Ozil is he's on the periphery all the time. You know, and, and as Trevor says, you know, none of us in will doubt his ability. He's one of the best players I've ever seen. For for ability wise, he's got a touch when, to when, die when for. When he performs, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got a touch to die for. You know what I mean? His first touch is absolutely unbelievable. But he doesn't he does I want to see what what him doing what Sobias does. I want the ball. I want to do this. I want to dictate play. I want to do this. I want to do that. But he does never do that, boys. And, and that's, for me, Sobias is highlighting what I don't think um, Meza Ozil does. OK. Would, who would you say, if we finish up on the Liège game, uh, who would you say your man of the match was, Lee, since you were talking? And I'll... Oh, Martinelli. No, no, no two ways about it. Absolutely uh, uh... outstanding. Anybody else got anything different than Martinelli? Because I can't, I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, I have. Go on, Danny Ceballos. I thought he was outstanding all night. I thought Martinelli took his goals great. I thought everything went through Ceballos. So I'll just give it to Ceballos. So because he's got the same name as you. Yeah, mate. That's what it is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny Ceballos. <laughs> sounds better, actually. Yeah, it does better, that, <laughs> Right, okay, Bournemouth. Uh, Jesus, um, we were going to try and meet up with you, Lee, in in, in the the pins beforehand, but um, I was driving down, so I couldn't be asked to walk up that far. And I think you were doing some other bits and pieces as well. And it's the it, that two o'clock kickoff is just 
it's strange, isn't it? It's not an early kickoff you type of deal with. You just go, right, I get up, get on the train and get straight down there and get into the pub. The three o'clocks are normal and four thirties or four o'clock is what, but two o'clock is just nearly swore. Uh, odd. <laughs> it's just really strange. Um, and the, the atmosphere was a little bit, it, it wasn't, it, it, it was probably more lively on Thursday night than it was uh, in there on, on Sunday. Uh, the lineup we had Pepe and Saka started. Uh, Chambers we touched on already at right back. Is he better than Bellerin at right back? As which I I made my opinion, and you guys can see what you think. Uh, and uh, Bellerin and Tierney on the bench. Trev, is, uh, Cha- is Chambers better than Bellerin at the moment? At this very moment in time, yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. Okay. Okay. Bellerin's not been playing. Bellerin's on the way back from injury. Chambers has been absolutely flying, hasn't he? Yeah, so of course Chambers is better. And Chambers has got a position and it's up to Bellerin to try and get him out. But uh, he's going to have a job on. Okay. And um, Dan, what about um, Kalasniak starting over Tierney on the bench? I would have thought, well, I would have liked to see Tierney come off at say 60, 70 minutes on Thursday night. Uh, and that would have meant that he would have probably started on Sunday. Uh, with the international break coming up and everything else, I, I thought he should have um, he should have started with Tierney. Do, do you do you agree? I'd like to have seen. I like Kalas natural when he's on the stands. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I bet Trev, what is, it, Trev, what is it with this guy? You love this guy. Uh, yeah, Kalas for me. Uh, I knew it was going to start. I told you he was going to start. I knew it'd be the back four that uh, was at United, and it was. Chambers, no problem with that. I think you boys are right. I think Bellerin's still coming back and Chambers ain't put a foot wrong. I knew it would be Lewis and uh, Socrates and I knew it would be Kalasnac. I'm really excited about Tierney. I, I, you know, I've said many times I think he's going to be our best signing this summer. I think he's going to be better than Pepe and Ceballos. I think everybody will see that when he starts to get a run of games. I think his crossing ability is better and I think he's an all-round better left-back and defender than Kalasnac. Kalasnac couldn't cross a road. Absolutely dreadful. No time for him. I don't like him and I don't want him in the team. Going forward, people tell me he's brilliant. I ain't seen it. He don't cross, he don't deliver, he don't score, he don't assist. I'm done with him. Tierney for me. Listen, Tierney is a a complete upgrade, definitely. As I Mm. said earlier, he's uh, probably the the, the best thing since since Cashley. So, um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, Louise scored on the ninth minute, uh, his first goal uh, since his summer arrival from Chelsea. Uh, some people are saying he has to score an awful lot more to make up for the ones he's conceded, um, which it, with given penalties away and given free kicks and, uh, on the edge of the box and stuff away. Um, in fairness to the guy, I, I actually think it's not always been all his fault. I think... Some of it is down to the midfield setup that we've got leaves the the defence exposed, and he's not a centre back, uh, but by by trade, really, is he? He's, he's a defensive midfielder, isn't he? Anybody? Sorry. Uh, well, who's I don't know. Who's, go on, Trev. Who's going? I, I, I don't know what his position is. To be honest, is he a defensive midfielder or is he a centre off? He's playing centre off for us at the moment. So, from my perspective, he's a centre off. You know. Um, and he, he has made too many mistakes for my liking. Um, but what it, what was nice, I, it, it, it was nice the way he added that that goal. Um, we ain't had a centre half for ages that drives into the penalty area and gets on the end of a cross, have we? You know, not since the, the going back to Adams and 
Bold and Keogh and who'd be all over the place, you know, heading goals. So that was nice to see, but I'm not convinced by Louise at centre-half. And I think now Oldie's back fit and we've got Chambers. Even I think I'd even prefer Socrates in there to Louise. I think there's other options for Louise. So, but yeah, Louise is a centre-half at the moment. That's where he plays. So, yeah. And um, Pepe, uh, he went down in the penalty area. It went to VAR. Um, I know, Trev, you, I don't know, you said you saw some highlights because you had internet problems out there um, in, in sunny, sunny Cos. He's in his bloody shorts still, uh, Lee. Good luck, then. <laughs> <laughs> oi, oi. <laughs> Hang on, it's a family show, Trev. <laughs> uh, but... but um, you mightn't have seen seen the, the the replay, but from inside the stadium, we were all screaming um, for a penalty. Did you think anything different? And when you've seen the VAR decision, did you think it was um, it was a correct decision by VAR? Potter, you go first, and then I'll go to I'll go to Lee. Uh, personally, I didn't think it was a penalty. No. Um... I didn't see much wrong with it. Uh, in the ground, everyone shouted, but everyone does anyway. But I was up, we were up the other end, Fergus, weren't we? So I yeah. couldn't really see how much contact there was. Um, what, you know, what I will say about, about Pepe in that half before we come to Lee is, is the reason I thought he had an all right first half, all right for 25 minutes, was because I thought we were pressing uh, Bournemouth. Uh, things changed in the second half, and then Pepe's performance went downhill. I want to get behind this lad, I really do. And uh, me and Lee were talking last night about how, many, how long we're going to give him, and how many more games are we going to give this guy until we start to give him stick. But we give Henri nine or ten. Yeah, um, Henri wasn't seventy-two million though, was he? So we didn't have that weight on it, his shoulders. So. But Henri was uh, a big fee for what he was at the time. If forget mm. about seventy-two million now is three, four million back uh, fifteen years yeah. ago, isn't it? So you know, it's. It, 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 it's all relative in my view. Mm. Yeah, and I think what, what Henri didn't have was people knocking on the door. And I think Pepe's got that now. You know, he's got Saka, he's got Martinelli, he's got, uh, you know, Reese Nelson and, and he's got players knocking on the door. And you think, actually, you know, how long ago do we do we get, uh, do we we get give this guy? But listen, I'm not one to get on the back of him. I, I want him to score so badly in open play and get that confidence up. And hopefully we'll see a talent there. And Lee, what did you make of the VAR decision and the penalty? Did you did you think it was a penalty? Were, were you in the North <laughs> Bank? Were you in the North Bank with us, or were you in the posh seats? I was in the posh seats. Sorry. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, of course. No, yeah. No. That's how you roll, isn't it these days? Yeah. yeah that's fair. Uh, video by the seat. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I I didn't think it was a penalty, but then when you see Liverpool getting penalties like they did, then it's a definite penalty. You know. Um, uh, I feel there has to be a little bit more than that for it to be a penalty, if I'll be honest. And if, I think he just gets the ball in ricochets and he takes him out again, then he. L- listen, I've seen penalties a lot, a lot uh, easier go against us at times. Yeah. And by Mister but- and by Mister Atkinson, you know, what I mean, I've been interested if it was down the other end. I think he'd give it because that's the way he is. But um, I think it's fifty-fifty. But, but the thing is, with his VAR, they're not going to overturn it, are they? At the end of the day, it's not clear and obvious, and. It- so it was a difficult one there, like you know. But it was a lovely bit of skill from Pepe, if I'll be honest. But um, I'm getting a little ver- bit worried about him, if I'll be honest. No, I was uh, going to because... say, what, what's your verdict on him? Yeah, I like him, and I really hope that he does well. But at this moment in time, I think that you know you have to think sometimes more of the team than the player. And I think at this moment in time, uh, there's players de- more deserving of a of, of a, the position than him. The only reason that he's, I think, is continuing to get in the position is because of the transfer fee. As I said yesterday, you know, 
when Reese Nelson's playing, no one's saying, oh, give him time, give him time. He's a youth team player coming through, like, give him more time. As soon as he has a bad game, oh, no, he's not good enough at this moment. Time, get him out. Yeah. Um, but with it, with Pepe, it seems, oh, no, give him another game, and then it's another game. You know, all the likes have seen him play against them. Um, standardly age and then try and get his confidence in those sort of games now like you know um, where there's a little bit less pressure on the team a little bit more free flowing as we've seen those games and, and then say like play him in the next Europa League game play him against Liverpool away at Anfield in the in the cup and, and start boosting his confidence that way you know and then as soon as he gets a couple of goals bring him back in and then flying again that's what I would do but um, I think at the moment he's trying too hard maybe and it's just affecting the team a little bit because it keeps going down to him and breaking down and um, you know how many more games you give him I, I, I think that it's, it's now time to just take him out of the out of the firing line okay. and um, you know this is what the good thing about the Europa League for us is that we can bring players in to get confidence get players back from injury and also bring in the youngsters this season so it's a good it's a good season for us to be playing. It's one season only, but it's a good season for us. And then, um, but that's what I would do with Pepe anyway. And hopefully, he comes good. Listen, he's got talent. There's no two ways about it. And and but but at this moment in time, he's not quite doing it. Okay. Um, we've had a question in from uh, somebody called Donna Donna Potts. I don't oh know my word! Hello, mum. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of competition, who do you think will make way for Lacazette once he's fit? What so... a great question. What a great question there. Yeah. yeah. Who wants to answer than, it? Better than, better than Dan. She is, isn't she? Like, yeah. Well, no, we <laughs> did get her on here. Yeah, we're going to get her on next time. <laughs> we need a gunnerette on as well. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Well, Melina's got to come on at some point. Uh, it just life gets in the way, so but we'll we'll have Melina on afterwards. Oh. So who wants to, who wants to answer this one? Go on, answer your mum. Go on. Hey, all right. Thanks for that, mum, and thanks for watching. <laughs> uh, I think it will be Saka who loses his place. Unfortunately, I think uh, we're going to see Aubameyang pushed out to the left again, and I don't like that. You know, I want I want to see Aubameyang up top, and I wondered if Lacazette can play in a kind of false nine behind with Pepe and Saka uh, either side. But obviously that would then have to drop Danny Ceballos or like as well. But it's good having that option, you know, for, uh, for for Emery. It's a tough decision for him and he wants that. We need competition for places. We've spoken about Saka and Martinelli. We've spoken about Reese Nelson and Maitland-Niles pushing up. It's a great place to be, a position for us to be in, you know. And I believe that Lacazette will, and Bellerin when he comes back, will have a positive effect on Pepe. So um, Laka 100% has to start. I agree with my mum. I think that she, he has to come back in. Um, but I think it is going to be Saka, which I think is a little bit harsh. Yeah, but then then Saka just steps back into the um, like the Danny Welbeck role and he comes on where you can rotate people, maybe take off Aubameyang some games and put him on, uh, take off Lacazette other games and put him on. So, you know, mm. there'll be a place a place in the squad for the guy. And the guy's only 18 or so. So Absolutely. Any, Anybody else think uh, anybody else but Saka be uh, dropped? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying Pepe. You're saying Pepe? I, would be I, 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 I agree with uh, Dan's mum that Lacazette's got to come back into the team. I don't think he'll probably come in against uh, Sheffield United. I think they'll get him a Europa League game under his belt and then probably looking to bring him back against Crystal Palace in the home game. But for me, I think we we, we miss Lacazette's um, hold up play in particular. It always scores against the big teams. So um, for me, 
he's got to come back ASAP. And at this moment in time, it would be for uh, for Pepe. Okay. So Bournemouth offered very little attacking threat in the first half, but Arsenal were unable to kill the game off. I said to, I think it was Dan and Ian beside me, that we needed a, a second before half-time because uh, I just knew that Bournemouth would change things up at half-time. And they did. In the second half, they improved. Uh, and after the, the break, they went close. Callum Win Wilson um, came close. Uh, but they rarely really troubled Leno that much. Um, and it ended up being a 1-0 snore draw, a snore, snore fest, really, didn't it? Well, I think about half-time, Fergus. Um, that's the first time I've come out with you and not been depressed, I think, at home this season, isn't it? I mean, we looked fairly comfortable, I thought, in the first half. It wasn't amazing, but I really thought that we could push on in the second and get two or three. My issue with it was why did the air tactics change in the second half? We looked like we were pressing in the first half. We came on in the second didn't look like we were interested in pressing them. We let them have the ball. We allowed Bournemouth to come onto us. And if Callum Wilson would have had a shot instead of crossing that, I think it's 1-1 and we go away disappointed. I don't really understand what the tactics were. Again, he brought Torreira on. I, I, I don't know what he's doing, bringing Torreira on in an Hazard role. I've got no idea what he does that for. For whatever reason, he seems to think that he's bringing him on in now an attacking-minded role. Just bring on Maitland-Niles. You know, instead of instead of Torreira, if you're going to put him up there. I do not understand that for the life of me and, and, and no one can explain it to me either. But this is a recurring theme. And listen, I'm one for saying give Emery till May and I'm on the record to saying give Emery till May. If he gets top four, we'll take a take a view then. If he doesn't get top four, you don't give him his option on his contract. But um, I am so confused what he does every every half time. Last season, it was substitutions at half time. Uh, and it, it, OK, it seemed last season there seemed to be a more up in the ante in the second half. This season, it seems like we're less aggressive and less competitive and more cautious in the second half. Trev, thoughts? Yeah, talking about the game, Fergus, from what I've seen of it, I think Bournemouth would have gone away disappointed. They never got something out of it as the second half wore on. They had some chances, didn't they? Um, but I was one nil to the Arsenal. We're all used to hearing that. We're always seeing that. But someone summed it up very nicely on social media this week that I read. That that we, we've had a one nil, right? We're all saying, "Don't moan about it." It's a one nil win. But it were a George Graham one nil win. Like, and this is how he summed it up. With George Graham's side, if we went one nil up after five minutes, you could go to the bar for an hour. I know for a fact you could come back halfway through the second half and we'd still be winning one nil. You know. That's not the case at the moment. We, we, you know, we're riding our luck, um, but it's a win, so move on, move on, and uh, let's try and work Emery out. He obviously got ideas of what he's doing, you know. And uh, Lee, Lee, George Graham one nil. Uh, yeah, but you know, there's laughing at Trevor there because he's dead right. You know, listen, we, 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 you used to be one nil up and control games. There's a difference between being one nil up and controlling games and being one nil up and, and hoping that you're going to get get over the line and that's what it was you know there was no constructiveness to it you know I felt that Bournemouth were, if it would have gone on another 5-10 minutes Bournemouth would have scored you know uh, we and we was hanging on at the end there and, and that ain't great tactics from Emery we wasn't in control of the game um, and uh, you know was was a lot of George Graham it's a bit of a myth you know we won the league in 91 with the uh, and, and with the most goals scored and we actually won the league in '89 with on more goals scored than anybody else in the league. That's why we beat Liverpool for the league. So 
even though we got a lot of one 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 nils, we did destroy teams. I remember going to Wimbledon, winning five one away from home. You know, they could turn it on when they wanted to. And I, with this team at the moment, you know, it, it, we're 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 not comfortable when we're winning, and we're not um, we're not destroying teams. You know, every game so far has been a has been difficult. And you know what I'm what I'm saying is like with everybody else is that you know we've got bigger and tougher tests to come and. We've got to get the, the, the team right and the tactics right so that when we play these teams, we're going to be firing on all cylinders. I think at the moment we're playing with a handbrake on. Um, the most exciting thing I saw happen on Sunday uh, happened, uh, it was just around a set piece when I, I actually thought it was Socrates. <laughs> so I, thought it was I. So I thought it was it Socrates was quicker. at first. <laughs> it was quicker, yeah. There was a there, uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, close yours. I'm gonna I'm gonna swear for a second because there was a full kit wanker uh, that jumped out of the stands and he became uh, a pit, a pitch invader. He had a number four on his back. He was he was a hefty bloke and he he went down in front of Pepe and just done like you know his hands and bowing to him. Uh, everyone was just going, "What's Socrates doing?" Everybody around us, "Oh, well, what's Socrates doing?" Then we realised when the guy went back to his uh, towards the security and uh, received his lifetime ban on somebody else's season ticket, I expect um, that 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 he was actually a pitch invader. It was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It was probably the most exciting part of the second half. I think, wasn't it? That's how boring it, the game was. <laughs> it was. It was. It was really, really, really poor. Really, really poor. So Arsenal have won fourteen of the last seventeen home matches in all competitions, winning fourteen, drawing two, and losing one. Uh, this was the first one nil in that sequence. <coughs> so it's the first time we've done a one nil to the Arsenal. Pepe has been involved in twenty eight goals. Uh, in his last 30 home league games for Lille and Arsenal with 16 goals and 12 assists. And Arsenal have won all six of their home matches in all competitions against Bournemouth, only against Gainsborough Trinity. Trev, do you remember Gainsborough Tr Trinity? <laughs> what? No. No, 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 no. Okay, because uh, we played them back in 1904. <laughs> oh, Fergus, I nearly swore then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with them, we had eight wins out of eight, um, and with that's our best hundred percent. That's our other hundred percent record, record that we've got in our entire history. Um, and we Fergus, we, we still re, we still remain undefeated to Gainsborough. Don't, try and, move Gainsbury, on. Don't try and move on. Don't try and move on, Fergus. I'm not go on then. Right, okay, here we go. Full balance. So no, you have me going then, because our house in Lincolnshire, where we we live when we're in England. It's only an half hour drive from Gainsborough. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, what's he telling me about Gainsborough? What have I missed here? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not having it. There you go. Gainsborough Trinity are still going. Yeah, they're just up the road from Scully Mike, look. Yeah, well, the, I, yeah. I didn't say they weren't still going. All I said is we're still undefeated to them. I'll tell you what, they're rough around Gainsborough. You don't wind them boys up down in Gainsborough. They'll come <laughs> looking for you, Vegas, let me tell you. <laughs> Listen, at, at the end of that, at the end of that um, game, we're one point behind City, uh, although sixteen goals. Um, Ross says that gives lack, uh, shows a lack of creativity, and he's probably right. But I think that's probably I don't know, the midfield is not a hundred percent, and losing Lacazette along the way as well doesn't doesn't help the situation. Uh, anybody have a man of the match for that game? Callum Chambers. Has to be. 
from what I've seen, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he was yeah. immense in that game, and he was unlucky not to score as well. Made yeah. a good clearance on the on the, on the end uh, on the line as well. He so, did, yeah, yeah, he really did. Uh, yeah, Callum Chambers, yeah, um, you know, I'll do that. Our next our next fixture is away to Sheffield. Um, uh, that's uh, Sheffield United in two weeks, so no football for us for two weekends. Well, it's actually a week and a half with the international break, but it's two weekends. And it's the second time that um, we've had the international break and then played Monday night football, which is absolutely crap, really. Uh, we've touched on uh, Shaka. Uh, is he your captain? Anybody want him as your captain? Nope. 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 You know, he's missed three games. Burnley... Frankfurt and Standard Liège and in those we scored 11 goals it just shows that he slows slows us down um you know are we less direct with him would you change his position or who would you rotate him with uh, Lee? go go on Potsy, go on sorry Fergus yeah I wouldn't change his uh, his position I wouldn't have him in the team my balanced midfield if I could pick everybody that was fit I'd have Torreira in the DM role and then I'd have Ganduzi, and then I'd have Ceballos. I think Willock, for me, would be ahead of Chaka uh, if I had to change things around. Chaka would be my fourth choice. I don't think Chaka is a defensive midfielder. And what you're doing, ideally, or what, what um, Emery is doing, is he's technically putting two players out of position. So he's using an- uh, uh, Chaka as an anchor in midfield, and then he's using Torreira yeah. as, as an anchor, eh? Yeah. And then he's, and then he's, <laughs> and then he's got Torreira playing in this ridiculous number eight, number nine, number 10 role, and it's not working for me. So Chaka needs to be up the team, but we all know that he's not going to because one, he's our captain, and two, he's the only defensive midfielder that Uno Emery believes we got. So we're stuck with him. Um, would you do anything differently? Are you are you a Shaka fan? Oh, I love him. I love him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shaka Khan is your ringtone, yeah, isn't it? He's, no, watching uh, this, he's watching his lead, that's what it is. Yeah, oh, God. no, no. <laughs> I would if I if I was to play Shaka, I would play. See the problem that I think that Emery's got. He wants to play Shaka, so you've got the ideally the two that he should play is Shaka and Torreira next to each other, and then Sabias is the one going forward um, and making things happen. But Gwen Doozy is playing so well, it it means that he can't do that. So what he's trying to do is trying to he's trying to cater. He's trying to. Uh, Put them in, get them into you know, to places that they don't belong, and that's that's why the midfield is being unbalanced. It's got to make a massive decision, and I think it. You know, when we play like we did in that against Spurs, if you go back to the game against Spurs, we played Shaka and and Guendouzi there, and then Sabias came on, and we 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 tore Spurs apart, and and Shaka played really well that game. But the fact of the matter is, he's got to leave one of them out, and. and I, you know, I don't know. I don't think realistically on long term, Shaka and um, Guendouzi can play that role because Guendouzi's got full of energy, full of running, and he's going to go out of position quite a lot. Where you know, so it's a it's a difficult one for him. But because because of of that, you know, realistically, I I do believe that the team will be better if Shaka doesn't play. It would be more fluent. But you know the you know when you listen to Emery, he turns around and says, "Oh, you know the the one player I trust is um, is Shaka," and you know, uh, and listen, uh, you know, he, he's a nice guy. I've got to say that he's a very very nice guy. You know, you, but, sat, you uh, sat with him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I, I I've not changed my opinion <laughs> of him. Right? But clang. I, I, 
you know, he's he's got he's got seats that are next to me. You know, what I mean, so when he don't play, he sits there. So um, and you know, I can say that the game against um, who was it where he got booed off was against Aston Villa. If you remember that game, yes. And two days later at Nottingham Forest, he was in the stands. Any fan that come up to him. He was giving photos, giving autographs, talking to him. You know, he, he had a chance there to just, you know, they booed him or cheered him off in that game. They, he could have just ignored and put his uh, over his head and not say, but he didn't. You know, I mean, he was very, very good with all the fans. So, so from that point of view, you know, he's a nice guy and all that. But that doesn't mean to say that he should be playing in the team. And I don't think his performances at the moment. Oh, I actually said to him, you know, you've got to improve on this. I thought, well, I'm going to say it. So I did have a couple of beers. So I said to him, I think you've got to improve on this and this and that. And he turned around and he said, I'm, I work hard in training every day to improve. So he, he says the right things. But unfortunately, you know, and I will go back to this. If, if the players are making him captain, there must be something that you can do. Because if you feel that he's not good enough, you wouldn't be giving him the captain well, team. Well, the... Um Wenger picked him every time he was fit. Unai Emery yeah. picks him every time he's fit. And the Swiss uh, Swiss manager picks him every time he's fit. Although he plays in a different position for uh, the Swiss national team. He plays uh, a much fur- further forward role. Yeah, but uh, then 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 you've got to play him there then, don't you? And that, that then gives him competition with other players, you know. Is he better Is he better than Sabias in that role, you know? I don't think so. Is he better than Willock in that, as, as Dan pointed out? I don't think he is. I don't really know. I think you can just play in front of the front two if you play a two, a two and then a one. But, you know, it seems that Emery don't want to do that because he don't want to leave Gwendozi out. And, you know, like let's face it, Gwendozi is, is pulling up trees this season and doesn't deserve to be left out. Mm. So it's, it's, you know, I don't, is, I, I don't know about you guys. I didn't think that Shaka was that bad on on Sunday. If I'll be no, honest, he wasn't. I think no, he, he was the worst he, player. He, you know, but. he was he, he wasn't the worst player. Um, he, he, Andy Finker asks: Is is he more suited to continental football, uh, uh, Potsy? What do you think? Is is he mm, not up point. to the hustle and bustle of the Premier League? Well, it's a strange one. It's a good question, actually, Andy. I think that when it comes to it, I think Chaka has got that little bit of bite about him, which would in some ways suggest that he is suited to the Premier League because the Premier League is quite physical as compared to La Liga or Serie A or whatever. Um, For me, I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League because I think the Premier League is the most competitive in the world. Uh, So maybe he'd be fantastic for a team that was over in uh, Serie A that was, even if it was a better team than Arsenal in Serie A. So if he went to Juventus or if he went to Bayern Munich or if he went to, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, he might see a different player. But for me, his range of passing can be good on his day. I just don't see what else the guy does. And he doesn't suit the team. He slows the play down like we've mentioned already. And, I'm not the best person to talk to about Granite Xhaka because I, I am not a fan of him. What I will say is, like Pepe, I'll get on players' backs if they've, if they've not done their job. But this guy hasn't done his job over four seasons, in my opinion. And when players make the same mistakes year in, year out, I can't back him anymore. That's why I'm different with Pepe because he's only had eight games. Well, he's not even had that, has he? With Chaka, he's, he's had four five, seasons. Five stars. You know? hmm. Same with Mustafi. You know, I can't back up players that have done the same mistakes week in, week out, year on, year out. And if it, if it wasn't for Chaka and Mustafi last year, we'd be we'd be third in the league and we'd be happy days. It's not, and that is my honest opinion. They made so many mistakes last year between them. Fair point. Fair point. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, I know we talked about the pitch invader. I don't know if you guys could hear uh, from the clock end, Block 26, Aspert Nami. Um, you could hear the drum. Could you hear the drum, uh, in Dan from 
Dan Lee, did you hear that? Yeah, thing? I could hear the drum. I, I, I could hear oh, it. Yeah. I'm not sure that I could actually, but at least it's more towards clock him. You're by the tunnel, aren't you, Lee? So you're, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, he's 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 down with Unai and and the rest of them, isn't he? Or are you in the <laughs> are you in the media box? I don't know. I can never figure out which one you're in. <laughs> I wave so, next time. I wave. <laughs> what that sort of wave? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Aspirin Army, I could hear them from. I'm not far from you. I'm only I'm a row behind you, Dan. I could hear them, and they're the ones who actually started the North Bank Clock End one. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. They, you, you could hear them starting to build. I, I, what's your thoughts? I didn't really hear a drum though. I, I heard them. I didn't really hear the drum, but it, maybe it, my ears need cleaning out then. But it, uh, yeah, it, no. I, if you listen cool. a bit more carefully, the, 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 the idea wasn't to be over over oppressive with the drum because some of the old boys were all moaning about, oh, I don't want a bloody drum in my ear old and all this sort of stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. The, the, then the, come the, near the, me, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> 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 you. You stick to Olympiacos or something out there, mate. That's what, that's what you've got to do. I'll, I'll be sticking their drumsticks somewhere. <laughs> in fairness, I, I don't really have an issue with it. I, I, I think... If we should adopt the sort of German style where they've got loads of space at the front um, uh, ahead of where the seats are, they could put a capo down there, somebody with a loud hailer, somebody with some drums, getting the North Bank or the clock in going. Listen, anything that makes the Emirates louder is is good in my opinion. And if there's atmosphere, I'm happy, you know. And I was really impressed with what happened at Tottenham, Fergus. So I'll go back to that. And I, if that comes back every week, I'll be more than happy. I'm I'm a fan of it all, you know. I want to see atmosphere in the ground. And the Emirates can be dire at times, you know. It can be quiet, and um, you know, people take the mick out of it. But they've got a point. It is really quiet at some points, you know. And it's not just the Emirates; it is other stadiums as well. But when the Emirates is rocking, it, it's rocking, you know. Mm. It's, it seems one or the other for us. So um, yeah, anything to get the atmosphere up, mate. I'm not complaining. Does talk about safe standing coming to the uh, stadiums in 2021? Any of you ever see like the the continental sort of style with uh, pyrotechnics and you know I don't know, but. If the club provided those, it would feel a bit sterile and a bit like staged, a bit like ahead of the Champions League or uh, some of the big games when they got all the, the night games, when they got all the lights. Sometimes it just feels a bit contrived where when it goes nuts in, what was it, the Tottenham game a few years back, a couple of years, seasons back, when you see the picture of the young lad down the clock end and you've gone shh to the Tottenham fans and all the red smoke's gone over. That looks so naturally and organic. And we talked about the Tottenham game inside the stadium and before the stadium, an hour before they go, hello, hello, we are the Tottenham boys. Half time was a Lacazette. When it's more naturally created, I think it's better. But I do think safe standing could make a huge difference uh, to to the atmosphere in the ground. We stand any way don't we so uh, looking around some of the other games Wolves uh, Wolves beat Man United uh, Man City 1-0 that that's actually put us really into contention to a top two position uh, in reality you know, oh, who who, let's who not get too excited no no no, no but who, who, who would have thought it you know you know we, we, we everyone had written off um, the top two positions as it's Liverpool and Man City they're going to fight it out but Man City have been abject to say the least you know and wolves have not been great when they've come back from europe and they played on thursday night and they got they got there and win two nil not just one nil well you see wolves had this habit last season didn't they turning it on against the big lads they should have beaten us at emirates if we're honest we drew two yeah. all didn't we they were a cracking side that day wolves but i reckon two more defeats for city and pep's gone they'll out him 
he'll go to Tottenham, Pep. And, uh, really? Pod- <laughs> yeah. And Pochettino will go to Man United and they'll all fall apart and we'll win the league. That's <laughs> it. There you go. But uh, it's no, that- thinking, Trev. <laughs> what, what, what's that Greek beer called again? But no, Wolves, Wolves, they, they, they've not been so, so good this season, have they? Um, I don't think Europe's helping them. But uh, last season, they had a habit of doing that, you know, playing well against the big clubs. They had some cracking results, some cracking results. So, yeah, it was a, a massive shock. But uh, It's the first time that City haven't scored in 44 games. Yeah, that was what surprised me the most was the fact they didn't score. I think they look they're gutted at the back, aren't they? You know, they haven't replaced company in the summer and Laporte's injured for most of the season. John Stones is out for another three or four weeks. And then obviously you've got um Fernandino playing there at centre back at the moment alongside of Amendi, who's not their best defender. You can really tell, you know, and I think you said the other day to me, Lee, about Man City being, you know, gutted at the back, and it just goes to show how important the defence is because we're in the same yeah. position that we leaking goals, you know, and it's so true what you've said. Well, they've got so many world-class players, but if you haven't got a defence, you're going to crumble, and that's what's happened to them. You know, they've 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 lost, you know, against Norwich and and uh, now uh, Wolves. So realistically, even though they're a point in front of us at the moment, after eight games, I think we're in a better position than them because we played Liverpool, we played Tottenham, we played Man United. Exactly. They've only played Spurs, you know. So, so they've, they've played all, they've played all lower league opposition, haven't they? Really? Yeah. So they've got a few problems there, and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, Liverpool seem to be a, you know, um, a cut above them at the moment as well. So, you know, if we could run down Man City, we're not going to run down Liverpool, which is a shame. But, um, you know, this is the thing. This is the, you know, I think the frustrations of, of Arsenal fans at the moment, because if we can get our act together, we could really be pushing, you know, because th- th- there is problems. And this, this, this make no mistake about it. There's problems at Manchester United. There's problems at Tottenham. You know, Chelsea, with their youngsters, have surprised everybody at the moment by doing what they're doing. I think everybody thought that they would be halfway down. But, you know, Tammy Abrams has come up trumps. Can he continue to do that all season? That's going to be the key for me, for them. So I still think that we've got, we've got a fantastic chance of, of, of really, you know, pushing in and getting third third place which will you know and if we can get third if we can aim for third and we don't get third then we've got fourth so I think it's a real opportunity if we can just get the midfield sorted out and, and we could cook a real chance of going for things you know and uh, uh, and and as you say Manchester City at this moment in time are vulnerable they are vulnerable you know you get their back four and we know what it's like to have shaky defenders central defenders we've had it for 10 years you know I mean we've had good players in other areas and you know, it don't matter how many good players you've got, if you can't defend, you're going to get caught out. Mm-hmm. The last topic I've got here on the Guna debate was uh, regarding United. You touched on United, uh, but Newcastle United in this case. You got um, They beat Manchester United 1-0, and there's the Longstaff brothers. Uh, one, the passion of that young fellow when he when he scored that goal, kissing mm-hmm. the badge, and I think it was actual genuine passion. But also, it's you look at what we're doing with Saka, with Nelson, with all, all the, the, the youth players that are coming through our, our academy. Saka apparently has been with Arsenal since he was four and a half years of age. Um, but uh, the Longstaff brothers are academy players. More and more the teams are investing in their academies. 
And is it now going to be more about development and investment in your academy, uh, uh, academy setups rather than just petrochemical bloody dollars um, just buying the league? Because I don't think this uh, hundred million pound or eventually it'll be a billion pound player at this rate. But I, I, I don't see um, it getting into... Uh, I can't see this continuing. I can see like the bubble bursting to a certain degree. I hope so. I hope so. I hope it is going to get to the stage where a few youth players come through. You know, congratulations to that young lad, by the way, Matty Longstaff. That was uh, that was great. Then beating Man United, superb, and you could see passion. And well done to Brighton, by the way, because apparently they beat someone three 0 on Saturday as well. So well done. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I, I don't normally look that far down the league, did they? <laughs> That's it, mate. But listen, you look at Man United and Chelsea's two examples, right? Now, Chelsea and I have had to do it because they haven't got the, tra- they've got the transfer embargo. Man United have spent 130 million on both Harry Maguire and Wan Bissaka, right? And you look at what Chelsea have had to do. They've brought Reese James, Tamori, Mason Mount, and Tammy Abraham in, right? And they've still got Callum Hudson Adoy. That's five players there that have probably been their most consistent performers this season, okay? Now, I think that for fans is just as exciting as spending 150 million on two world class players because you've seen five of your youth players performing week in, week out. Chelsea have really surprised me. I've got to give um, Fat Frank some credit there because I thought Chelsea were going to be, you know, in Man United's position, but it's been completely the other way around. And um, I actually think when you look at what Arsenal were doing as well, I think our youngsters are probably, you know, the next best thing as well because we're looking at the players we've just mentioned earlier coming through and I'd rather see that than than having that, you know, £72 million pounds worth of, of Pepe's around your team that don't perform. So let's hope that, uh, that we do start to see that with the team because I think that... Um, that is the way forward. I think the one team that have impressed me this season um, as well that we haven't touched on is Leicester. And Leicester have got some really good young players as well. You look at James Madison, you look at Chowdhury, you look at Tillemans, you look at Ben Chilwell, and all of a sudden they're starting to look a real a real, um, a real, real force under Brendan Rodgers. So, um, yeah, that top six is up for grabs, boys. It really is. But let's hope that uh, we can uh, we can get that third place because I think, you know, we have got the third best squad in the league personally. So let's hope we can get third place. And uh, we've had... Um... Contact from from the blue side of London. Uh, Jazz Ray has uh, said to us that um, apparently Arsenal will get nowhere near City. Stop dreaming, Jazz. You're probably right, but we can always dream. Uh, but your Chelsea, sorry, sorry, obviously not a Chelsea fan. But um, uh, well, Ch- Fergus, Fergus, Jazz is probably the best fisherman on social media. Jazz right, <laughs> is the best fisherman on social media. Don't buy it. Don't give it up to him. What Dan just said about Leicester, right? Leicester were very unlucky, I thought, against uh, Liverpool at the weekend. Very, very unlucky indeed. And going to Chelsea, they've shocked me as well, Chelsea. They've they've done well. And I think uh, our man Frank, Fat Frank, has got a lot to do with that because you've got young players there. And Jordi Morris. Yeah. But more importantly, Fergus, they've got a young manager there who them young players can still relate to. You know, it's not an old bloke like Fergie... Or, or, or Jose or, or Wenger, these young players have seen Frank play and they relate, they're on the same wavelength. Plus, and, uh, plus, fat, yeah. plus, Fat Frank has become one of those millionaires like they've become, unlike the likes of Wenger, unlike the likes of Fergie and stuff. They, they would never seen the shackles that come with uh, modern day football and modern day wealth. So, you know, it is definitely, uh, the, he's got more empathy with. Um, 
with with the players that are in in, in place in place at the minute. Anyway, go uh, back boys, to the Arsenal. Go back to the Arsenal because we're Arsenal fans. Don't you roll your eyes at me, Fergus? I saw you. <laughs> I didn't roll. I didn't roll my eyes. I probably looked at the screen up here. I've so, got two screens. I got one up there. Fergus, someone put a really interesting comment on earlier. You didn't. You didn't um, put it up, but it's just got my mind ticking over. What? What? What, what one was right. that? I can bring it up. It's, and We can have a talk about it. With with all this going on. Um, with all this going on about, um, oh, I've thrown myself right off track here. With all our forwards we've got now, with Pepe and and uh, Saka and Laka and Martinelli, what happens to Enketia next season? Where, where does he go? Yes, yes, I did you know, see that. I'll bring that. I'll bring that up in a second. Uh, who said that one? There's a few on here. Uh, yeah, it was Russ again. Russ Morgan. Christ, Russ. I, we nearly have to nearly have to pay him a retainer at this rate. Um, <laughs> Martinelli, Martinelli, or Nketiah. Who would you have? Well, I, I, I think me, like, I, go on. I'll just I'll just think that it's a great move for him to go to Leeds. I, I'll stick him there for a couple of years. Yeah, you know if they're having you right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'll do that for a couple of years, and if they get into the Premier League, let him have another league, another year in the Premier League with them. And then, um, you know, Aubameyang's, uh will be 32, 33 then. And, the, you know, Martinelli and, and, and Eddie, I'm going to say Eddie because I can't say his second name. They're going to... Uh, they're they're, they're going uh, to... You can come again, you make me look like, good. You know, they're they're going to be the future. And, you know, I, I think that's what I would do with him. You know, I think that's a fantastic move for him, by the way, to get Leeds. On yeah, loan. I do. Magical move, really. Fantastic move for Leeds as well, Lee. Yeah, brilliant. I think both yeah. ways. I think it's great. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah. I've got some Leeds Leeds fans as colleagues, um, uh, and they're very very pleased with Nketiah. Uh, he's not starting many games, but he is getting a lot of a lot of game time. A lot yeah. of game time. So, listen, guys, it has been really really good. Lee, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, no, my pleasure. Really enjoy it. Thanks for having us on. I really appreciate it. That's, thank you. That's fine. Trev, uh, you can get back and probably turn the air con on or something or whatever else is that you do out there in that sunny weather. We, we, we've got the central heating on over here now. Love you, really. Uh, I, I, I hope she's got the air con going in the bedroom. That'd be nice and cool when I go in there. I can, uh, yeah, get a nice night's sleep. And I've got a long day tomorrow around the pool. It's going to do me heading, but yeah, <laughs> someone's got to do it. Yeah, please do not swear you're alive on Guns and Yellow Ribbons. <laughs> Potsdy, um, thank you very, very much um, for joining us as usual. Thanks, uh, and fitness, in, fitness into you, your and Lee's heavy uh, schedule for, for, for podcasting. You know, as I think Ross said earlier. Can, you said, go on. Can I, just, can I just plug Lee's, uh, Lee and Kevin Campbell's uh, channel as well on YouTube, Kevin oh, please Campbell's do. show. Um, get yourself involved. Uh, go on YouTube, subscribe, watch it. Um, hopefully we'll get Kevin on here uh, sometime soon. We're hoping to get him on tonight, but he's obviously busy. So hopefully we'll get him on another time. But please go on and get yourself subscribed to the Kevin Campbell Show. Lee, uh, Cheers, do, you tell us a bit of, do you want to tell us a little bit about it then before we go? Yeah, just, uh, you know, me and Kevin are uh, like, obviously good mates. And um, Kevin asked me, like through, through Arsenal Fan TV, Kevin asked me if, uh, if I'd join him and do a show. So I've been doing the show. It's been getting great feedback. Um, he's a great guy, Kevin. He's a really good guy, not just because he played for the Arsenal, but he's a good guy. Um, we've been doing it for a few weeks now. If you've not seen it, go back and, and have a look. Um, he's, it, he's a proper gooner, isn't he? Proper, proper Arsenal fan, you know. Uh, um, 
like like us and probably like Trev, you know, used to jump in the last 20 minutes of games when, when you couldn't afford to go back in the ivory days and used to go all the time. He's got a few few mates that are, that are still, that know him through before he'd become an Arsenal player, like, you know, and then obviously, you know, he, he obviously become an Arsenal player and, um, you know, uh, and, and he gives you an insight of what it's all about and um, from a professional point of view, you know, so, and he's a top guy, he's, you know, doing really well on the, um, on the on the on the TV, he's on Sky Sports and all that. Like he's, he's working his way into that and doing really well. So uh, yeah, and it's a pleasure being being associated with it. I'm really enjoying it, and it's great that people keep coming up to me now and going, oh, "I really enjoy it." We had Liverpool fans when we was up in Liverpool coming up and um, and uh, saying how much they enjoy it, you know, and because obviously like for his Everton connections, but yes, yeah, so um, uh, you know, he's all round. He's a he's a football guy as well, like you know, and if you get him on Twitter here. They interact with you as well, so it's it's great, and you know that, that there are players out there that will do that, like you know, and he's, is, he's is, definitely number one for it. Is he one of the last of the old school? Uh, yeah, well, I, I don't know. I, you know, um, I think all of those guys. The, the good thing about it and getting to know to know a few of the, the players uh, and, and that from the old school, they're just like us, really. They're, they're just you know same sort of backgrounds but we're lucky enough to become professional footballers and play for the Arsenal and you know if you talk to them they've they got a passion for it just like us and um, you know um, some of them are, are Arsenal fans you know I don't think you know with Kevin like um, you know he's genuinely an Arsenal fan you know we went when you go to the away games he's he, you know he, he's jumping up and going mad when we've uh, when, when we score and all that which I find focus you know like He's actually been there and done it, you know. So it's it's, uh, but but that's they're, they're all the same. They all supported teams before they played for football teams. And for us, Kevin was a was an Arsenal fan before he played for Arsenal. And um, you know, um, he's very very passionate about the Arsenal. Yeah. Apparently, he likes a bow tie as well. He does love bow tie, bow tie Thursday, like you know. There's a story to that, but I'll let him tell you that one <laughs> you day, see, like you know. You see, the thing is, right? That that's. Uh, the players, Kevin Campbell was probably one of the last of those generations of players where they did communicate with the fans more. It was yeah. easy to get to the players. I can remember many years ago, I can't remember what year it was, it was in the 80s, we had a, a midweek League Cup tie away to Doncaster Rovers. And we went up and were in their ground and John Lukic come out to warm up. And I shouted at him and he spoke to me for five minutes before he started his warm up, you know. Um, that's what it was like then. And uh, <coughs> It's a shame they're not as a thanks for that, whoever that was. It's Sorry. a shame they're not as approachable nowadays. I suppose they are, but it's more high, high profile and it's so they have to be careful. But uh, it was lovely them days. I can relate to what Lee's saying there. Proper, yeah. proper players, proper fans. Yeah. And David Lillier, by the way, is a really nice bloke as well. David, I've met David through Kevin and that like is a top, top guy. Really nice. They're all like really nice guys, you know what I mean? Nigel Winterburn's a very, very nice bloke. I, I've met Nigel. I'd, I'd done the Legends Tour and he was talking about uh, when they used to be at Highbury and they'd park the car and if, if they were late in, they'd have to walk down at Annaville Road and go in the marble halls and go to the dressing room and uh, they'd meet fans as they're walking into the game and they'd go, all right, are you playing, mate? And all this. And they would talk to fans. I, I, I honestly can't see many of the modern-day footballers doing that. 
only because it's a different world it, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the money, the protection, and and stuff like that. You only have to look at what happened Ozil and Kalasniak, and we're not going to all, all over that all over again. But they're they're on a different they're on a different level now. The the, the other side of it is a lot of them now, are, you know, are foreign, so they're not they've not got the same sort of background as us you know so yeah, you, yeah. You don't, they don't have the same connection the same connection exactly like you know that's why it's great that all these younger players are coming through now and and and, and you have a connection with them like you know um that because these guys that you you see like like um reese nelson's brother goes to games you know and you know that so they're they're, they're getting that connection back because they're all we come from where we come from or whatever like you know so but it, you know football's changed and but but these these guys that that in this generation haven't you know they they they're willing to talk to people you know and and they enjoy it you know um you know it's 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 an education to see it but like you know um you know you can as you say like you walk up onto the train and you know like kevin kevin gets on the train and he's not going on first class or anything like that. He just goes in with 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 the normal people, and that, that's and you, you get to talk to him. And that's how, that's how it is, you know. And there's no, I think now it's they all go first class, don't they, and everything like that because they've been brought up to do that, I suppose. Joanne uh, from um, the We Care to You, uh, Joanne Test, uh, Tester, said um, that she walked up from the tube with Rocky many years ago in the good old days. She also says, oh, "Lucky Joanne." Uh, yeah. Uh, she says, I think the players want a connection uh, with with the fans, but the clubs are st- um, uh, start treating uh, uh, treating us like a threat to their own players, um, which is probably what I'm saying about with the money and, and, and bits and pieces that are on I'll there. tell you, I just want to say one thing now, and I think that it's just starting to change a little bit. And I, I believe that Aubameyang has, has changed that philosophy a little bit because yes. I was standing outside the Tollington on Sunday and... I don't know if you know where the talent is. They, all the car, all, all the players drive up that bit there, stop at the traffic yeah. lights. People get photos and all that. But he stopped at the traffic lights and the whole pub started singing his name. What the do, 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 about me, that done, song? They've done that one as well for you, first. Good. They've done, they've done that one. <laughs> <laughs> it died very quickly and then they went on to their oh. Bamiang one. But like, they was all singing that. <laughs> and and he, he, wound down, he wound down his window. Went down his window, bibbing his own and sticking his arm out. You know, you know. I think a few years ago they would have just drove off. You know what I mean? But he was interacting with the fans, loving it. Uh, you know, and, and, the same, hasn't he? Yeah. So, and I think that there, there's a little bit of that. And I think that you know, since Aubameyang's come into the side, I think that he's really interacting with the fans and doing things like that was great. You know, like years ago, I've, I've gone past the side and they just get their head down and just drive. But now they're all. You know, like as long as there's no danger, they 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 stick, uh, they wind down. You know, Martinelli wound down his window and cheering and all that. Like, I think that's fantastic. I, I, so I, I think they, they press the button, Lee. I think they press huh? the button. They, they don't do the keep fit windows. They do the press the button. <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah. I can see a Bamiang leaning over the passenger seat like this. Yeah. <laughs> I press it. I get some, they get their drivers to press down the button. But like, uh, you know, but they are interacting with the fans. And I think, so that's a good thing. So, and I think that, and then all of a sudden you start feeling a bit more warmth towards them. Yes. Do, do you know what I mean? Where we, we're over the last few years, you felt disconnected with them. So, but, do, you know, do, do, we've overshot anyway, but 
we might as well carry on on this because it's, it's quite a good topic. Do you think that's probably with the change of regime, the change of losing Gazidis, the change of Wenger and uh, Emery's sort of uh, ethos of you work harder? And, and do, you, do you think it's all around that? No, that's a good point. I think that there was, I think there was definitely something like that because I feel, I think the ball uh, realised that they'd lost the fans uh, at, at some point last the season before last. They lost the fan. They lost the fans, and I don't think it's all down to Arsene Wenger. But you know, it was the way it's gone. But they've all of a sudden they're starting showing a lot more uh, social stuff and all that, interacting with the fans a little bit more now. And I've you know, even even I tell you another thing that, that, that I've noticed that they're doing that even on on the Sunday. They used they're coming out and warming up. They used to just just clap and that was it. Then they're, now they're waving at the supporters and things like that. They've never done that before. So I think that maybe it is a new regime and. Long may it continue. Oh, just a, a general atmosphere around around the club itself. Of uh, well, you've got rid of the likes of Sanchez and the characters like that, um, who were a bit divisive in the dressing room. Apparently, so maybe maybe just a better atmosphere within within the dressing room. Mm. Lee, what, Listen, Lee, what, Lee, do you go to any German or what, uh, European aways in Germany? Have you been, mate? What do you think of the way the way their fans are with the players? I mean, I mean, Klopp started. Yeah, they're, they're, they're unbelievable, aren't they? Munich fans are unbelievable like that, you know. Yeah. They, they they come out, they they walk around in between uh before the game, they walk around the ground with the play, with the supporters and things like that. You know, um it's a different um different way of life for them there, like, you know, and they they make sure they get the the, the fans involved in everywhere they go. Even like last week when when Spurs against Bayern Munich, they a whole the whole team go over there and and what was there a big surge there. of energy? Yeah, I think there is always even when that with when Munich come to to the Emirates, they all go over there and do that surge uh, of energy. Surge of, uh, you know, so very good that Fergus. You know, what I mean, I did get, yeah, they they are doing that, and, and you know, Jurgen Klopp. Do you remember he got pillared for it, didn't he, a few seasons ago when he clapped them, went, made them all cheer for a draw. But what it does is it gets, it get, you know. I think it's a great thing, you know. You know, when we scored against Aston Villa this this season, you know, the Bamian jumping into the crowd and all that, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's what that's what football's about, passion and and, and yeah. things like that. So I'm all and, for it, like you know. Courses, courses. That's what makes the atmospheres at the grounds. You know, I mean, I was just in Frankfurt. Last week or the week before, they've just been beaten three 0 by us, and it could have been six 0 They've been well and truly hammered. But ten minutes after the game, all their players were still there in front of a packed home end, and the fans were all over them, and they were they were stirring the fans up. And uh, it was uh, I enjoy it actually. It was the same in Cologne last season as well, and Munich. It's, and as you said, Klopp started doing it, and he's been pilloried a bit for it. But no, I like it. I do. And, I like it. And, 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 yeah. Tierney does it as well as as Dan Harry on there said um, uh, with Celtic he used to whip up the fans and so on. Um, but you, you're using German football as a comparison. Um, I go where my daughter lives in Dresden. I, I go to Dynamo Dresden, and and the difference is it sounds bloody stupid, but you can bring a beer in. So you have a beer and you go into the stands. You watch the warm up. You support the team off the pitches. They go in to get ch- uh, like changed into their normal uh, kit for the game, and then they come out. And it, it's it's just a big 
it, it, it just a build up 15 20 minutes beforehand you have a beer then you go down they go in to get to come back out onto the pitch you got yourself another beer to watch the first half half time comes you go down do whatever you need to do and then you come back in and watch the game and at the end there's no rush it doesn't matter because it's the whole experience it's completely different completely completely different so boys if, this, if you ever this, get a chance if you ever get a chance to go to Bournemouth that's the one you've got to go to because when you go to Bournemouth you're about five yards from them where they warm up they're, they're right there and I, 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 it'd be interesting to see how different it'd be this season to the last couple I remember going to Arsenal and they never said anything to you you know, never have five yards away. But now they're coming up, shaking your hands and things like that. So, it, it, but if you ever get a chance to go to Bournemouth, it's you get right close to the players here, and it's um yeah. it's worth a visit. It's tough to get tickets for it, but it's, yeah, I was going to say like Goldust. They are. We had, it know, if you get it, it's great. we had it at Bournemouth last season, didn't we? They were warming up. I tell you where else we had it. The friendly up to Boreham Wood, not this season. Last season, when the first team were there, yeah. Albamiang was very friendly with the crowd and, yeah. and a few of the lads were. Are you going to Bournemouth on Boxing Day, Lee? Um, I don't know yet. I've got, I've, I've, I've left tickets to go whether I go or not because it's, uh, it depends if my brother comes over. If my brother comes over for Christmas, then I'd stay, stay and watch it. But if not, is Michelle, Michelle going to let you, mate? That's the, that's the question. No, <laughs> Michelle, loves, Michelle loves Bournemouth. She'll be, she'll be straight down there if I've got the opportunity. Don't worry Listen, about Lee, that. Lee, I, I, I wear the trousers in my house. That's my right. Wife like that, <laughs> I mean, my, my, my wife, wife Bournemouth, I'm going. Yeah, my wife just chooses which trousers I wear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What skirts are we like, oh, no, like, yeah. <laughs> You've got it's... the right clanger now, Lee. Saying uh... you're and you might not be using them. Your inbox is going to be full. No, no, no. Like, like, yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there boxing day. Me and yeah, the right. game. It's a, it's a, do you know what? Bournemouth's great. Every time we've been down there, I think it's it's been in the winter, isn't it? I think one time it was early when... Um, Chamberlain scored, I think it was sort of September. Other than that, it's always been winter, like, you know, a bit, bit annoying, but there you go. Mm. Yeah. Right, guys, thank you again uh, for joining us, Lee. Again, thank you very much, Trev. Uh, you might still have some heat left. And Potsy, thank you very much. <laughs> you, you have been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons Live, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Do join us and subscribe to us on YouTube. We're doing this on Facebook for now, but after Christmas, we're also going to be on YouTube on the lives as well. Uh, we're on Twitter. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're on at Guns and Ribbons. You can see all the guys' Twitter handles on there. Um, Lee, you probably, everyone's already probably on yours, but you're at Lee Mark Judges, aren't you? That's it. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, you've seen us on Facebook. Thanks very much and uh, up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.